0: This is Lightning Power Lunch, Stanley Cup Final Edition, exclusively on Lightning Power Play on the iHeartRadio app.
1: We're excited. These guys, when I first got here, said, we're not done. We're not, you know, we're still hungry. We're, you know, we want we want this feeling again. And uh, you, you can see that that's still the case. And, um, you know, we're excited and uh, we'll see see where this thing can go. To be in that category with, you know, the 44 other players and, you know, obviously the Long Island team that did it back in the 80s,
0: and I just say it's crazy to be me like i'm going through this again and but i'm very fortunate and very lucky
1: to be a part of this and i'm very excited for another challenge very excited to have an opportunity to you know win another one i think about like the patriots going to school in boston when they're winning a ton teams that are you know when you you think about our team i don't i wouldn't call us a dynasty if this series goes well i think you could you could but we're also we're not just when you think about our the past 10 years you know we've been in the conference finals plenty of times. We've gone to the finals a bunch of times. It's not just winning for three years, but it's everything that comes along with that. And I think if we do, I think you could be put in that conversation.
0: It's been a big theme in our room And I don't think you get this far unless there's a belief, a want, a drive to be better. And one of the things that we talked about, not only this year, but the year before, was why other teams don't get back there. Like, why is it so rare? Is it just enough that you got your name on the cup, you exhale and it's okay. You get a few mulligans for the next couple years. We have to want this like we, we we've worked so hard to build julian's built this team i coach this team these players play but we've just taken so much to get here why not keep going and that's been a big theme for ours is putting our stamp in history
2: oh yeah why not be tremendous so we had Corey perry pat maroon alex galore john cooper
0: yeah nicely done ding ding
2: ding ding ding, ding. all right you know we get we have to get that out of the way
0: mm-hmm.
2: on the show. By the way, uh, hockey reference, which is Dave a website I know yeah. I check out. Really I know good You site. check out. Mm-hmm. And I told you one of the routines I like in the mornings is they have probably twelve faces of NHL players, execs, coaches that they don't have the name necessarily right below it, so you kind of have to do a little guessing or just click on the the face. And I uh, I retweeted one of their uh their tweets yesterday that was like can you name these 12 players right and i retweeted i said they must be listening to power lunch (laughs) yeah you know i said this is a morning routine for me and they they got a little chuckle so that was ours uh, is the audio version it is the audio version so we've got a uh, a big show planned for you this afternoon we are on twitter spaces so it gives you an opportunity to talk to dave and me steve Erstnik is our producer we do have a couple of guests, though, coming up in about five minutes. Eric Erlinson from lightninginsider.com. He is live on the scene, as is Mish. And, of course, we'll talk to Darren Drager from TSN at 1230. And, of course, taking your tweets at Bolts Radio. It is game one tonight, 8 o'clock, the puck drops. And we will have all the coverage beginning at 7 o'clock. On Lightning Power Play with the pregame skate show. Partner, I, I feel like uh, now is the, the time for everybody to get a little serious. And maybe the biggest question a lot of people have for maybe Lightning fans is will Braden Point be in the lineup? And we're a few hours away from finding out if he will be. John Cooper certainly, when he was talking to the media yesterday, he felt like, look, if he's not back tonight, he's definitely going to be back for game two which is nice.
0: Yeah. That's what I said. He looked like he was good to go yesterday, and he was skating on the line with Paul and Colton. Hagel had the day off yesterday, but as a placekeeper for Hagel with Sorelli and Killorn was Nash. So it's not like Hagel wasn't skating and he put point with those two guys, right? It was almost like, the way the wind is blowing it looks like nash is going to be the extra forward so he was a placeholder for hagel right but the lightning are going to be taking the ice here in about 25 minutes or so maybe an optional in fact i would expect an optional they had a pretty rigorous practice yesterday but the avalanche are just wrapping up their skate and it looked like a full skate to me darcy kemper was in the starters net so we'll see what the lightning do if they have a full skate though we'll have an idea when they run the lines to To get a determination of what it's going to maybe look like tonight. What Coop said yesterday was, regarding point, let's wait and see how he feels today. Which is fair. That was a pretty rigorous practice yesterday. So they want to see how his body responds the next day.
2: David Amber apparently reporting Cogliano and Kadri considered day-to-day. so Yeah, they were out early.
0: But did not participate in the main skate for Colorado.
2: So the team's still trying to figure out who's going to play game one, and you may have to go to your depth a little bit here for that first game or game two. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, you know, partner, it was interesting. One of the things you and I both discussed, I had concerns about one particular area, I think, for the ABS, and I think you posed another one. And it was interesting that The Athletic, in one of their articles today, partner, they talked to an exec, a coach, and what was it, a scout. And they kind of gave their thoughts on this series in general. And we we're asking mm-hmm. folks what are their expectations for game one. But I thought this was pretty interesting. The, one of the, ma- the main points in this article from those three anonymous sources were exactly the two things we discussed yesterday. They said two factors swing heavily in Tampa Bay's favor. Goaltending and experience. Tampa Bay has 204 games of Stanley Cup final experience. And then they also got into the goaltending. And the one scout said, is there a more underrated goalie in the NHL than Andre Vasilevsky?
0: Yeah, I'm not sure I agree with that. I don't think he's underrated. (laughs) I think that maybe in some of these series, there's been a lot of attention given, especially in the Ranger series, to the other goalie. I would not say that he is underrated, though. What was interesting,
2: though, is, again, stuff that you and I have brought up. They say Tampa has played against nothing but number one goalies. And he goes Vasco played Hamill, yeah. Bobrovsky, Shosturkin, and how Colorado has gone against Nashville's backup goalie. In round one. St. Louis had injury problems in goal in round two. And Edmonton, this is from them, got terrible goaltending from Mike Smith in round three. And they say, I guarantee you, Avalanche will not score as many easy goals in that final as they did in the first three rounds. Does that have any factor? Obviously, time will tell. We'll find out starting at eight o'clock tonight. But I feel like those are two pretty big f- nuggets that the Lightning have uh, in their corner. When you talk about... What does all of this experience mean? And that experience obviously comes with guys who have performed at a high level, and typically that comes from guys in nets. And the Lightning have a lot of that in spades, and I'm curious to see if that partner has any factor starting
0: tonight at 8 o'clock. Yeah, I mean, look, I think we're going to get some answers to these questions after game one. And there are a fair number of questions, which we can ask... Eric Rollinson and Darren Dreger. Will this layoff affect the avalanche at all? And nobody knows the answer to that. Nobody fact. Yet, nobody, yes, knows, the nobody answer. knows the answer. To that. Will, will Braden Point play, and at what level will he be at? And how long, if he's not at the optimum level right from the get-go, how long will it take him? I think we're not going to get this answer tonight, but how long will Kadri and Cogliano be out, and how will the avalanche look without those two guys in their lineup. Now, they played basically two games without Kadri. They elevated Comfer. Cogniano's a really important player for them. I, I didn't mention yesterday, I said he had some deep runs with Anaheim. He did play in the Stanley Cup Final, I should remember this, with Dallas as a teammate of Corey Perry's in the bubble against the Lightning. So now you're pulling him out of the lineup. Really good depth forward, penalty killer, hardworking player. How much will that affect the avalanche, if at all? So I think tomorrow we're going to have some of the answers to these questions. You know what's also
2: fascinating about this avalanche team? I get the sense, and I think sometimes this happens because we're prisoners of the moment, but also maybe it's because it's warranted, Dave, is that probably let's remove Vasi from this discussion because I think it's, to me, an obvious point maybe the best player in the series, a lot of people feel is Makar. Yeah. And I am curious to see how the Lightning, Dave, go about attacking Makar when he's on the ice. And I was thinking about this yesterday when I was driving around doing some errands. There was a clip where somebody put together two and a half, three minutes of Makar basically getting the puck from his own end and skating it out of trouble and immediately the Avs were on the move offensively. Basically a one-man breakout. Yes. And what got me thinking about how are the Lightning going to attack Makar defensively? Easier said than done, and, and I have to acknowledge that. But I'm wondering in this series, if the Lightning can cross into the Avs zone with the puck, rather than dump and chase, and make Makar play defense, rather than dump it in and have him go back there and basically bring the puck right back out, which negates your forecheck, if it's going to be a little bit more important in this series for the Lightning to gain the av zone with speed, but also with possession of the puck, to make Makar play defense, rather than dump and chase and have a good chance of him skating the puck out or making that first outlet pass and really negating the Lightning's forecheck. I'm curious to see what the game plan is, Dave, because you know he's probably going to be playing 25 minutes a night, maybe even 30 at this point. Mm -hmm. And if he's going to be on the ice that much, you're not going to be able to do it every time. But I am wondering, are the Lightning, the way they attack him, is it going to be strategically dumping the puck in? Or... If you had to ask the coaches of the Lightning, would you rather just come in with possession of the puck and make a play that way, what would you rather do with Makar on the ice? And I'm curious to see how they go about attacking that.
0: Well, I'm sure you've heard this story from Chief. When the Flyers played the Bruins in 1974 in the Stanley Cup Final, they were facing the prospect of having to deal with Bobby Orr. And what the Flyers did was they put the puck in Orr's corner every time they had a chance. Right and try to put a body on him now that's easier said than done but they at least feel and the flyers won that series in six they did wear down or over the course of that series i'm not sure how feasible that is to get in on macar and and put a body on him but the lightning have forechecked well and i would say they have forechecked well throughout the playoffs the problem sometimes is that they mismanaged the puck on their way to getting in on the 4-check, right? When they right. hit some speed bumps or the other team is surging and they're having some issues getting the puck. But pick your series. I think in all three of the series so far, when the Lightning have gotten their game going and been able to kind of go downhill, they have dumped pucks in and they have created problems for the other team with their 4-check. Makar is a special player. Maybe they do decide to go to the other corner where Devon Taves is going to be. But Taves is a really good defenseman, too. <laughs> so I guess we'll we'll make an assessment after game one and, and see how successful the Lightning are or are not in that regard. But there is no question that McCarr is playing at a level that we haven't really seen from a defenseman as good as some of the D-men have been, including Victor Hedman. The year that he won the con Smythe, two sure. years ago. But Makar is really doing it all. Like, he's doing it offensively. He's doing it defensively. He is producing crazy amounts of points. He's leading Colorado in scoring. This is the highest-scoring team in the playoffs. They're averaging over four goals a game, and a defenseman is leading their team in scoring. That's how good he has been. But it's not just offensively and on the power play. It's defensively, and part of that is not only is he playing well without the puck, when he has the puck, he's getting Colorado out of trouble. It's a challenge. Well, let's bring in our good friend Eric Erlinson from
2: lightninginsider.com. And again, we're live here on Twitter Spaces. Also, check us out on Lightning Power Play uh, weekdays, noon to 1. Download that iHeart app to your smartphone. Search Lightning Power Play. You can listen to E! during his pregame skate show. Tonight, it'll be at 7 o'clock Eastern Time. And uh, he'll be with Chief, but he joins us from uh, Denver. And, E, it's great to be with you again, bud. Let's pick it up there with the Kale McCarr talk. Do you get the sense that maybe outside of Vasi, there are a lot of people who feel like he is the best player in this series? And how do you go about containing a guy like McCarr if you can offensively?
1: Yeah, I, I think you can look at McCarr as the most important player in this series behind of uh, Vasilevsky for sure. Uh, I mean, look, he he's gaining some comparisons to Bobby Orr, and I don't think that's hyperbole. I, I think that the way that he can move the puck and, and take the puck on the rush up the ice is unmatched in today's game, and he's really, really good at it. So what you have to do is just try not to give him that space. It's a lot easier said than done, especially when you've only seen him a couple of times. You know, like, like the Lightning faced Colorado twice this year. They didn't face him last year. So they haven't really seen Makar uh, up close and personal that often, and you know you're going to have to find a way to make sure that his speed doesn't catch you off guard. Um, so I, I think the forechecking is, uh, as Dave alluded to, is going to have to be something uh, vitally important for Tampa Bay. Get in on him and get on him fast and hard, and don't allow him to be the guy to get up the ice with the puck because he can make so many things happen, especially if he's going to be out there with McKinnon and the speed and the pace that which those two guys can play with. Uh, that's going to be a, a key point for Tampa Bay is trying to find a way to slow down uh, the, the avalanche attack because they can come at you with such pace.
0: Eric, kind of the, the broad storyline that we've been hearing heading into this series, rightfully so, I think it is a big storyline, is Colorado's offense going up against Tampa Bay's team defense. Are there other storylines that are intriguing you, though, beyond that?
1: Uh, I, well, I think the matchup between Sorelli and McKinnon, uh, we know – John Cooper is going to want to try and get that matchup as much as possible. Uh, Jared Bednar was asked that question this morning, and he said he didn't have any concerns or anything about maybe trying to get away from that matchup. He likes his top guys against the other team's top guys. So uh, that'll be an interesting kind of chess match to watch between the two coaches and what they do. We know how good Sorelli, Cologne, and Hagel have been, especially these past two series, uh, in what they do. And, uh, I mean, look, the other thing is, like, McKinnon and McCarr get so much attention because of what they can do. But, you know, Miko Rantanen and Gabriel Landeskog and JT Comfer and you know, there's other guys on this Colorado that can hurt you. Uh, and I don't think they're getting talked about enough because they get overshadowed uh, by the other guys uh, on their roster. So those are the kind of things that, that I'm looking forward to. Uh, and, and the other one is a guy like Corey Perry. You know, we're, we've talked obviously a lot about the Lightning being in their third consecutive Stanley Cup final and going for a third consecutive Stanley Cup. Corey Perry's back in his third consecutive uh, Stanley Cup final as well. And I think I saw the last person to reach the Stanley Cup final three straight years with three different teams was Marion Hosa. And Marion Hosa missed out on the cup the first two times and he won it his third time around. So uh, maybe that's something that can be a good luck charm for Tampa Bay.
2: Eric Arlinson joins us here on Power Lunch on Lightning Power Play. E, if a team has both a huge edge in goaltending and experience, that's enough for them to be the favor. But in this series, it's leaning slightly towards Colorado when it comes to predictions. Why is that? If you're not going to be a favorite when you have those two elements going for you, when are you ever going to be a favorite in a series?
1: Uh, I mean, the Lightning haven't been favored, I think, in any series they've been in, right? Like, if, if you kind of look at the matchups and the analytics and the predictive. Uh, measures that a lot of uh, sites tend to use. I mean, they had less than a 40% chance against Toronto. They had less than a 40% chance against Florida. You know, uh, it's, yeah, the experience and the goaltending matter, but I think people are just looking at the way Colorado marched through the Western Conference. They've only lost two games, and they were both to St. Louis in the second round. Uh, And the star power and the dynamic power that Colorado has, I I think that's just what people look at uh, when it comes to trying to figure out who might be a quote-unquote favorite. But we know the Lightning. It's, you know, never tell them the odds, right? that kind of been kind of the motto, especially after falling behind 2-0 against the Rangers. Uh, from the outside looking in, I can see why a lot of people would look at Colorado and say, yeah, they have to be the favorite in the series. Uh, but at the end of the line, those are just money lines, right? That's just wagering. Game is played on the ice, and uh, the Lightning certainly have the experience to handle all of that.
0: Do you think these pre-series predictions are not taking into account the potential pendulum swing of Braden Point coming back potentially for game one for the Lightning and the Avalanche having to start the series and maybe go a long way in the series without Kadri and Cogliano?
1: Uh, probably not. You know, a lot of those predictive models go off of uh, regular season numbers and then numbers in the postseason of what they've been able to do. And, you know, and those models, those are just what, you know, hey, who had the puck more and you know, Dave, I know we've had plenty of these type of conversations through the years about some of those numbers. Like, it's never the same, especially in the playoffs from series to series. Just because a Colorado had their way with Edmonton doesn't mean it's going to be the same case here with Tampa Bay. It's a different team. It's a different thing. Uh, so, no, though, and certainly those models don't take into account Braden Point You know, certainly looks and is trending that he's going to be back tonight. And then uh, the fact that Jared Bednar dodged the question on the health status of Kadri and, and Cagliano in particular, saying that he's only he's just considering them day-to-day and he's not going to give any injury updates throughout the series. So uh, that's not a, a good sign if, if, if you think those guys are going to be a factor into it. But, yeah, those models don't take any of that into account.
2: Eric Erlandson joins us here on Power Lunch on Lightning Power Plague. Two questions for E.E. Do you think Braden Point plays tonight? And if he does, does he play with Paul? And Colton, those other lines have done well since Point's been out. I don't think Cooper messes with those combinations, at least early on. What say you?
1: Everything we saw over the last two days, including practice here at Ball Arena yesterday, gives you the indication that Braden Point is playing tonight. Uh, took that center position between Nick Paul and Ross Colton again, just as he did on Monday before the team did leave town and yeah i think he plays tonight and and right you're not messing with stamkos kucherov plot because that line was so good against the rangers and scored some huge goals in that series sorelli Kalorn, and hagel have been so good on the defensive side of it really shutting down Zabanajad's line you know the final three plus games four plus games of that series uh and uh, i would have thought maybe point plays saturday but but again everything that we've seen here Uh, gives you every strong indication that he will be in the lineup to start the the series tonight, which is obviously going to be a huge boost for Tampa Bay.
0: You mentioned some of the matchups that you were looking to see, and, and you were kind of talking about how the Lightning are going to be dealing with the Colorado attack. I'm going to ask you from the opposite side. What players do you think the Avalanche won out against Kucherov, playing right now with Palat and Stamkos, the trio combined for 23 points in that Rangers series?
1: Uh, just listening to Bednar this morning, I, I would think they probably want to get McKinnon out there, right? Because sometimes the best way to neutralize a top offensive line is to make him play on the other end. And if you can make that line play in the other end, uh, and especially with what McKinnon can do, I, I think that's probably uh, – if I'm Jared Bednar and I'm looking at Tampa Bay, that's something I want to do. Uh, obviously, if you can get McKinnon out there against the Belmar-Perry-Maroon line, assuming that's what we see tonight, that's ideal if you're Colorado. But in terms of head-to-head on a consistent basis – Uh, that's the line that I'm going to try and attack uh, with my top line. Again, we see that a lot in today's game, right? Top lines against top lines for the most part, um, because if you can put pressure on the other team in the defensive end, and just as we saw with how the Sorelli line handled the Zabanajad line and how much time that line had to spend defending, um, that's that's ideally what you want if you're a coach trying to get the team to play in the offensive zone and not let the other team's dangerous offensive players have the puck.
2: E, what do you make of the Avs' goaltending you can make the case out of the four teams the lightning will have faced in the playoffs the tandem colorado has might be fourth on that list
1: could be uh but darcy kemper can still be a very good goaltender um you know he, he's the kind of guy it's, it's funny you see this sometimes he was so good in arizona when he would face such a high shot volume and this. You know, the save percentage numbers would be a little inflated because of the number of shots he had and, you know, how good he was in that in the bubble playoffs there in the playing rounds for um, for Arizona uh, in that series. So he's capable of doing it. Um, You know, there's not a a large book out on François, um, you know, but yeah, it it probably is the weakest of the the four teams that Tampa Bay is going to play. But Kemper is still capable of making some really ridiculous saves at time to help his team out. He's done it you know, when, when healthy in the playoffs, you know, and, and I wonder too, like, how do you, if, if, if you have to study up and, and figure out which goalie you're going to play, if you don't know ahead in the game, well, we assume it's Kemper based on what we've seen, uh, but how do the lightning attack try to game plan against one or the other?
2: E last question for you, which team do you think is going to have more of an adjustment going against the other opponent tonight based off of who they played in the previous rounds?
1: Uh, probably Colorado. Um, you know, the Lightning have faced fast transition teams throughout the playoffs, right? Like every series, every three teams that they faced like to play in uh, off the rush and the Lightning have found a way to kind of slow those attacks down for the most part. Whereas, look, Colorado hasn't faced any team that looks anything like Tampa Bay, right? I mean, Edmonton, yeah, Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl, and, and they got their points. Uh, but as a whole, you know, the, the threat wasn't there. Um, and certainly the goaltending threat wasn't there with Andre Vasilevsky in and net for Tampa Bay. Uh, so they're going to have to find a way Colorado, I think, adjust to a little bit quicker to what Tampa Bay wants to play because they just Colorado just doesn't have the same sort of challenge so far in the postseason to what they're going to face in this series.
2: E, great job as always, buddy. We're going to talk to you throughout the playoffs. We'll listen to you tonight starting at 7 o'clock Eastern time for the pregame skate show, and check out E's work at lightninginsider.com. Thank you, buddy.
1: All right, thanks, guys. Talk soon. Thanks, Eric.
2: All right. Eric Erlinson joining us there from Denver at Bolts Radio. If you want to get involved in the conversation, you can. Darren Drager from TSN will be coming up momentarily. Mish, we were talking to uh, our audience. We asked them what are their thoughts for tonight. Jason said, I look at the Blues series for Colorado. If Kadri doesn't injure Bennington, does that go seven? Bolts are a far deeper and more talented team than St. Louis. How does Colorado handle a smart, patient, tough and physical and talented team with an elite goalie? Good question. He also wants to know... We're going to find out. ...about right? line matching. He said, I'd assume they want McCarr pairing against the Kucherov line. My concern is in our own zone with Kucherov line defending McCarr pairing, perhaps just an issue in Colorado and not Tampa.
0: Well, if Eric's hunch is correct and they want McKinnon's line out against the Ghost line, I mean, McCar plays a lot. He's, he's leading... The playoffs in ice time, essentially, he's over 27 minutes a game. I say essentially because the only two guys ahead of, the, ahead of him are Chris Latang, who played a triple overtime game in a seven-game series, so his numbers were inflated, and Brian Dumoulin, who played only the triple overtime game for the Penguins. That was the only game in which he appeared. So those numbers are skewed. So in terms of guys who have basically played a full playoff series plus – where the numbers weren't skewed by one really, really long game in a shortened series or in in one series, McCarr has played more than anybody else in the NHL playoffs. So he is going to be out there with players other than McKinnon and his line mates. But I do think that when McKinnon is out there, you often see McCarr out there too because they are so dynamic and they are dynamic together. That can pose a problem for the Lightning, when both of those guys are out there at the same time but just like what Eric said about how the Avalanche want to maybe keep the Stamkos line quiet the opposite is also true if you're the Stamkos line maybe make McKinnon's line play in the defensive zone make them have to defend
2: yeah heck yeah for sure
0: it's not only Sorelli's line that is capable of doing this again we'll have a better handle on the matchups I mean Bednard sounds like kind of played it close to the vest, and it's like, yeah, whatever. Maybe he is, yeah, whatever. Maybe he's like, they want to match Sorelli's line against my dudes? I have confidence McKinnon is going to win this matchup. But in all likelihood, he has last change, and he should take advantage of that as the home coach, and I expect that he will, and Eric may be spot on. Like, okay, if he can get McKinnon's line out against Belmar's line, fourth line for the Lightning, maybe after an icing or – he he comes back with McKinnon's line because they had a shorter shift, a little earlier. Maybe he'll do that, but I think in flow of play, he'll probably look to to get his top line out against the other team's top line, like Eric talked about, and make them play defense. And we saw that in the first line, lo- uh, the first series, didn't we? With yeah, we did. Matthews and and I well, think- and Gallant wanted to do it. Yeah, he didn't get much of an opportunity when the the Rangers were on the road, but. In games one and two, he had Zibanejad's line out against the Stamkos line.
2: Yep. So, you know, coaches, I think, I don't, I don't want to say it's an ego thing. I think it's a confidence thing. I think they say, look, yeah. our best is going to beat your best. Let's see how that plays out. And if we have to make adjustments, we will. I do think, Dave, uh, before we get to, to Darren Drager from TSN, one of the keys for me in this series, not only defending, but specifically, at times when we've seen the Lightning struggle defensively is in their own zone. And matching up. Maybe when play breaks down or when there's an opportunity with the other team coming in with speed. And uh, creating some chaos. Matching up appropriately in your own zone. But also when Makar is on the ice. Like you don't want to see Makar get to the point where he's joining a rush. And the abs find him. And he's wide open. Because he can do so many different things. The Lightning, it's going to be imperative, Dave not only communication, but they're really probably from the neutral zone in going to have to do a pretty good job of where is he on the ice and making sure somebody accounts for him.
0: And and real quick, that is going to be the responsibility in basic terms of the F2. Yes. So when the puck is either in the offensive zone for the Lightning or maybe back in the neutral zone, but you have a couple of forwards up in the play, like the F3 is is there to ensure that a rush up the ice is not a three-on-two, it's a three-on-three. So you have three defenders back against the three attacking forwards on the other team, but Makar is going to be the fourth guy. So there has to be a second forward tasked with making sure McCarr doesn't get behind them, right? Yep. That they stay with him and don't give him that opportunity that you just talked about.
2: D-Rook says, need to be looking to hit the Colorado players who are moving fast. This puck is arriving. That will slow them right down think that, that goes without yeah. saying. You want to be physical, for sure. Yeah, I, I do feel like... You don't least... want to put
0: this team on the power play, though, which right. is the balance no. that you have to find. By the way, Greg, just want to mention, yeah, no Vasilevsky on the ice, not a great shock. Optional skate for the Lightning. Good point. So I'm we'll have to wait for place. John Cooper's press conference and hear his response when he gets asked about Braden Point.
2: <laughs> well, let's talk about Braden Point. I'm going to try and with... Steve.
0: I, I can see him out here. Go ahead. And right now I'm looking and I don't okay i don't have phil's binoculars with me though so i should be able to determine if he's out there and i do not see him All right. as of now
2: we'll keep everybody abreast of that situation of course dave's on site and let's talk to a man who knows a thing or two about hockey tsn hockey insider also part of a really good podcast the Ray and Dregs podcast make sure you check that out wherever you can that would be darren drager we've had him on a number of times so we always enjoy his expertise
3: Hey guys, how are you doing? excited for game one like the rest of the hockey world, I'm sure.
0: So Darren, we may have the return of Braden Point tonight in game one, yeah. and the Avalanche are going to be likely without both Kadri and Cogliano. Does that tip the balance significantly mm-hmm. in, in your mind, at least at the start of the series?
3: Yeah, it, it tips it a bit for sure. I mean, anytime you're adding an impactful piece like Braden Point, I mean, I, I don't need to explain, you know, what he brings to the Tampa Bay Lightning to you guys. Uh, it's abundantly obvious based on the production of Braden Point, which has been incredible in the postseason and the continued march to the Stanley Cup championship by the Lightning. So it works a couple of different ways. I mean, the, the obvious physical boost that you get from – Having such a significant player available to you again, um, that's going to put the defense, which is really good for the Colorado Avalanche, on point. No pun intended. <clears throat> but then you get the the, the, the kind of uh, mental boost that goes along with that as well. You know, just having another piece, another weapon in your lineup that is going to help you achieve your goal, which is winning three consecutive Stanley Cups. I, you know. It, I look at Colorado and I see that the avalanche are different without Nathan Cadry, especially and and Andrew Cogliano has been a real nice addition for the Colorado avalanche, but with both great respect to both those players, um, you've got the history and you've got the, the proof positive influence of, of Braden point to lean back on. So uh, I think it does tip it to some degree in favor of the lightning.
2: Darren Drager joins us here on power lunch on lightning power play. Darren, Where does Colorado have the biggest advantage, and where do you think Tampa Bay has the biggest advantage in this series?
1: Yeah,
3: well, you know, we look at it from Tampa Bay's standpoint, it's pretty obvious that they should have the goaltending advantage. I mean, Andre Vasilevsky has proven that not only is he an elite goaltender, but he's entering territory where he needs to be in the conversation being among the best of all time, period. Um, And I, I don't say that lightly i mean you look at the statistics you look at everything that he brings and i think it's fair to have that conversation most definitely is if the lightning are successful and they enter a dynasty era, winning three consecutives down the cup so you know darcy kepper is gonna to have to play out of his mind and you know joe tactic says he's 100 healthy he is going to get tested by the tampa Bay lightning so the goaltending edge goes there um, one thing the tampa Bay does incredibly well as you guys know is to look after the middle of the ice. They find a way to slow teams down through the neutral zone. If they're able to do that with Colorado, then the structure, the defensive structure of the Tampa Bay Lightning could be a deciding characteristic as well. Because when you look at Colorado, if they can gain speed through the neutral zone, they love the attack. Uh, they're quick and they're fast in the offensive zone. So Colorado's focus has got to be on discipline entries into the offensive zone, but that's one thing to say. It's another thing to do when you're playing again, a team as well put together as the Tampa Bay lightning. So right there, I want to give the speed edge to the Colorado avalanche, but I'm trying to balance it because again, I, I know how defensively sound the lightning can be um, as far as defense goes. I don't think that uh, the Lightning would play the pairing in McCarr and Devon Taves to this point. These guys are just terrific, and they can flip the switch instantaneously, going from defense to offense their transition game, and boom, they're gone. And Jared Bednar in the Western Conference final against Connor McDavid and Leon Reisel did a real nice job of offsetting that pairing when he needed to. He'd throw Bull Byram up there with Devon Taves, and he'd move McCarr around. so you know, it's not going to be as challenging a matchup per se from the Avalanche perspective, and, and they're pretty deep. They're pretty deep on the back end. But then again, I look at Tampa Bay Lightning, and until you play the Tampa Bay Lightning, I don't think you realize or appreciate how big they are on the back end. It's just behemoths back there. So that's going to be another test for Colorado. So there's kind of checks and balances all the way through this.
0: Darren, we're hearing comparisons from some pretty knowledgeable hockey people comparing Kale McCarr to Bobby Orr. He's having a phenomenal playoff. I guess I'm wondering because we just don't see the avalanche live often, and you cover the NHL, so you've followed this guy probably more closely than we have since he came into the league. He won the Calder Trophy a couple of years ago. What has he done this year that maybe – like how has his game grown from an already high level – to the point where he is now, where he's getting these ore comparisons.
3: Yeah. I mean, maybe just the polishing, right? You know, just the fine-tuning, tweaking details that go into a special player. And um, You know, Tampa Bay has a handful of, of a similar type of player, not maybe defensively, although we all know what Victor Hedman is. You know, and I'm, I'm not comparing position to position. I'm just saying when you've got superstar-quality players, you know, it's not like they wake up one day and there they are. They're a superstar. They work at their game. Um, they, they they do polish the details. Uh, and I think that that's what McCarr has done over the last couple of seasons. You know, he's such an incredibly smart player. You know, again, Edmonton tried to kind of target him, if you will, on the forecheck. And, you know, I'm sure that was the case in, in every series that the Colorado Avalanche have played to this point at the Stanley Cup Final. But he's so elusive because of how smart he is. He doesn't hold on to the puck too long in in tricky situations. But that being said, he also doesn't just throw the puck away either. You know, he allows his team to to set up. He'll see a spot on the ice, and and his skating ability allows him to skate the puck uh, out of tough situations. So it's, it's maybe the mental side of the game that Cale McCarr has, has fine-tuned if that makes any sense whatsoever and i'm always careful with the the glorification or these fancy comparisons until certain people speak and in one of the men that you talked about here who's referencing kale mccarr in the similarities to Bobby yours wayne gretzky well when wayne gretzky says something i'm paying attention i want to hear those comparisons um so you know i don't know i, I you know i I I like to think that I know the game pretty well, and I've seen enough video of Bobby Orr to have a real sound appreciation for the megastar that he was back in his day. And I can see the similarities based on, you know, again, the the transporting of the puck, how fast Cale McCarr is, how his brain works and the quick decisions and all of those things. But that's high praise coming from the best of the best, so I can live with it.
0: And real quick, Darren, I'll tell you, Phil Esposito made the same comparison. I think Phil knows a little something about oh, how go. Bobby Orr played.
2: <laughs> Pretty good company right there for sure. Darren Druger joining us here on Power Lunch on Lightning Power Play. Darren, the Lightning have played some of the best teams in the league to get to this point. They faced number one goaltenders throughout. Colorado hasn't. Yeah. You can't fault the Avalanche for that, but I'm wondering, is Tampa Bay a little more battle-tested than Colorado heading into the series.
3: Yeah, I get it. They could be, for sure. Um, you know, and, and you, you look at the path that the uh, the uh, Lightning have had to take, you're right, you know, it's it's been challenging, to say the least. And you look at the matchups of some of the, again, star players that the Lightning have had to endure. You know, it started with Austin Matthews, then you go on to Barkov and Hubert Oak. Um, left week as a banner you had, the New York Rangers, generally speaking, far from a pushover, and you had a fascinating goaltending matchup in Chesterkin versus Andre Vasilevsky. Um but, you know, it really is the best of the best. All year long we've been looking as a league at the Colorado Avalanche and wondering, well, is this the year that they rise to the top? Because it feels like you know, there has been patience and there has been good management from Joe Sakic and Jared Bednar maybe doesn't get enough credit for being a high-quality NHL coach. But there's also some seasoning and, and some time that is required to get to the place where you can legitimately buy for the championship. So you've got the two best teams. You've got the two best teams going head-to-head here. And we've already talked about all the matchups. If yeah, Tampa Bay is going to win, and I feel like they have the edge mostly because of the intestinal fortitude, the mental toughness, everything that the Lightning have invested over the past three seasons. But that's it, beyond goaltending. The rest is going to play itself out. But I do think Tampa does have the edge because of experience.
2: And hold on, before, Dave, you get to your point here, uh, John Cooper, guys, confirming Braden Point is a go
0: tonight. All right, good to know. Last one from me, Darren, I think – most people are predicting that if Colorado wins this series, Cam McCarr will get the con Smythe. We just sang his praises. If the Lightning win the series and they are able to establish the sort of defensive dominance that they have established earlier in the playoffs, do you think Anthony Sorelli will earn consideration for the Conn Smythe, even though his point totals are low <laughs> and would not earn him consideration normally, but based on the assignments that he has taken on and the work that he has done defensively?
3: Well, you're tugging at my heartstrings now because, <laughs> you know, one of the things that I'm focusing on tonight is part of our pregame coverage here in Canada on TSN of Anthony Sorelli. You know, those who are critical of the lack of production, just aren't aren't appreciating the body of the work, right? I mean, he is entrusted with significant minutes. You know, he relishes the role of being a shutdown forward, and he's as good as any in the game today. And that's saying a lot when you look at the Treesburg line. You look at some of the other high-quality two-way forwards around the NHL. In my world, he should get consideration for it because unless you're a coach, a manager, or a teammate – uh, or you guys who follow the team so closely, I don't think you can truly appreciate what it takes to play the game that Anthony Sorelli plays at the highest level. So I love where you're going with this. I doubt that he wins it because we always you know, uh, go to either stellar goaltending or the point producers, and when you look around Tampa Bay and you see the, the heroics of uh, Vasilevsky. you see what Kucherov and Stankos have done and, 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 and on and on it goes but the fact that you would throw him into that conversation warms my heart because as I said in the way that I watch the game he would certainly be in that conversation for me
2: Well Darren, before we let you go big picture with this Lightning organization and really since the year they played the Blackhawks in the final a few years ago They've been at the top of the league. Where do you put this run compared to other great teams winning for an extended period of time?
3: Well, for me, it's up there with the Oilers and the New York Islanders. And I I, I don't know how it can't be. I mean, we look back at the Chicago Blackhawks and, you know, the window that they had and they took advantage of. Uh, but when you win three consecutive Stanley Cups in a salary cap era where it is so difficult— to keep the nucleus, to keep the core of your team intact. Uh, I mean, what Julian Breesbaugh and before him Steve Eisenman have done in building this roster and managing it the way that they have, and of course John Cooper deserves, you know, recognition uh, for bringing it all together as head coach and the staff and on and on we go here. Uh, I marvel at it. I do. And I want to give full credit, too, to Sackick and the Colorado Avalanche because they, too, have made some tough salary cap decisions. The Colorado hasn't won anything yet. So if Tampa Bay is able to pull off three consecutive Stanley Cup championships, for me, that takes us back to the 80s and the great dynasty teams of the Islanders and the Edmonton Oilers.
2: Mm. It's going to be a fun series. Darren, I know you're going to be all over it. We appreciate you and coming on here in Tampa Bay to talk a little hockey with us. Maybe we'll do it again uh, before the series ends. But we always appreciate your time. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Darren. All right. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Enjoy the series.
2: You got it. That is Darren Drager from TSN. If you're just joining us, John Cooper says, Braden points a go. Cooper also said they don't know if Brandon Hagel can play tonight. They're going to have to wait and see. So we'll see how that plays out uh, in
0: this game one. But That's an interesting one, Greg, because he had been practicing. I shouldn't say he'd been practicing. The Lightning had so many optional skates, but he had been playing during the Rangers series, and he did practice... On Monday, the Lightning's departure day, but did not practice yesterday. Having said that, Riley Nash is out with Cal Foot getting late work on Brian Elliott. So if Hegel can't play, it would be Nash. And if there was a major question, I kind of feel like Nash wouldn't be out there, but I guess we'll wait and see, right?
2: Yeah, you know, and quietly, too, I think we brought this up before. Uh, Zach Bogosian, I think, has cemented himself as the sixth defenseman on this team. I don't think the Lightning go back to 11 and 7. Maybe if injuries dictate that partner. Mm-hmm. But I think also, too, with the speed that Colorado plays, I think that is one area where Cal Foot still isn't where he'd like to be. I'm not telling you Bogosian is a blade runner or he, he's extremely fast. But I think, in terms of this series and what Bogosian has done to this point, and also understanding the bulk of the minutes are going to go to the top four guys, we understand that with the Lightning. I don't know if Cal Foot, outside of an injury, gets into the lineup in this series
0: yeah i mean that's fair the lightning have done very well with 12 and 6 since they made the change they won four straight against they a have. different opponent yeah and 11 and 7 has worked for the lightning at points over the last couple of post seasons but i am not surprised particularly with points return that they're gonna stick with the 12 and 6 and, yeah. and stick with the sixth fencemen that they had been playing from games three through six in that ranger series well and it's a good point well let's to... give our props to riley nash i mean oh, he played really well and he got better with each passing yes. game yes i mean it was not like he started way low and then finished phenomenally well but you could still see the progression right as he got his timing back and and he had a really good run during those four games with the lightning gave them some important minutes he, you're right. I think the, the
2: thing you take from what you just said, he got better as he continued to play and much better in his last game than he was in the first game. And I thought he acquitted himself well. And this was a guy that the Lightning liked a lot to the point where they acquired him twice. Yes. <laughs> so I yes, think did. All in all, that is a, a good sign. Uh, Braden point in. I actually think, Dave, that's going to give this team a huge boost. Yeah. On the road. You know, in Colorado, the crowd is going to be behind them for sure. And look, I'm sure part of the the game plan for the Avalanche, and really for any player that's nicked up, if they have an opportunity to hit Braden Point, they will. But Braden Point in, I think, gives a jolt to a team that I don't know if necessarily needs it, but certainly it's a welcome addition. And I don't think Point's in the lineup if he's not able to do most of the things that he could do before the injury. And... Obviously, the biggest thing is his speed. Mm -hmm. I think they have to feel pretty confident that he is skating at a pretty high level to throw him back out there, which is a good sign,
0: partner, which is a good sign. That's a big part of his game. Now, he doesn't really need to skate when the Lightning have the puck in the offensive zone and he's on the power play. (laughs) But skating is a huge part of what makes Braden Point such a weapon. And they need to make sure that like I said earlier, if he presses down on the gas all the way, he can do that. Without any hesitation, without any risk of aggravating the injury. And clearly he's at that point. But I think it's safe to say, like, they did not rush him back. Yeah. I mean, based on where they were in a series, right? It's not like they said, boy, we're down in the series. We really need point. <laughs> let's let's put him in maybe a little bit on the earlier side of things. I think they they definitely took their time and made sure that he was ready to go before they inserted him. And give credit to the Lightning Day for winning as many games as they were able to
2: do with point Out to give him as much rest as he could get. I mean, not not saying that was the biggest factor. I mean, the, the games were going to go the way the games went, but the fact that the Lightning were able to take care of business against the Panthers, get a break, and then not really use him at all in the Eastern Conference Final, even though, as we said, I think in an elimination game there was a good chance he was going to play You know, they gave him as much time off, Dave, as they could without Mm -hmm. putting their team in a jeopardy where they were going to face elimination. And it's a big deal. Yeah. And they were able to do that, which was uh, really great. And we'll see
0: see. how he looks tonight. I mean, timing may be an issue. He has not faced the sort of, like, high-level intensity that he's going to be seeing in Game 1 tonight. You can't replicate that in practice. He said as much when he met with the media yesterday. The altitude, I mean, that that is another factor. Yeah. But might as well throw him in, right? If he's ready to go, put him in. And if it takes him a game to kind of get back to his usual level, at least you burn that game, right, at the beginning of the series. Of course. And hopefully he doesn't. Hopefully he comes out there, and whether it's adrenaline or just his competitive nature, his skill level, he's ready. Hopefully he looks like. The Braden Point that, that we've come to to expect in these playoff games.
2: You know, and these are games, too, where I could see a Braden Point scoring a goal. He Has kind of a flair for the dramatics, I think, in, in the playoffs. Nikita Kucherov spoke glowingly of him yesterday, talking about he's been our best player in the playoffs. So to, if we get him back, that's going to be a big deal. But this is one of those games where I could see a Braden Point coming in, Dave. And whether it's adrenaline, whether it's just he's able to to get his legs under him right away, I could see him scoring a goal. And, boy, wouldn't that be something if uh, the Lightning were able to get some offense from Point in this game after he's missed, what, the previous 32 days with an injury. Mm-hmm. So uh, keep an eye on that tonight. I think that'll be interesting uh, moving forward. Uh, I saw this, and I'm sure you saw it too. I don't know how much you like these stats that the – the NHL Morning Skate email presents to many of us, but I I always find it funny when they throw these numbers out because I'm not sure what to make of them outside of maybe the numbers just don't lie. The winner of Game 1 in completed best-of-seven Stanley Cup Final Series goes on to hoist the cup 76% of the time. 62-20 and is the record.
0: Well, two of those 20 belong to the Lightning because they lost Game One in 0-4, and they lost Game One in 2020. So take that stat. Now are they? I guess they were considered the home team. I guess it doesn't matter whether home or road. That's an overall right. record, right?
2: Yes, that's overall.
0: So I don't. You know. The key was though after they lost Game One in both those series, they won Game Two. Well, and which was really important. What were the
2: numbers too facing the Lightning when they went down 2 against the Rangers? Yeah, that was probably
0: a more daunting. It's game by game, though. Every game is a fresh start. It is. It's just you look at the odds cumulatively when you're down 3-0 and you have to win four straight, even though each game is its own entity, just string together four in a row is really hard to do when you're facing elimination because you're aware that you're facing elimination. That is true. But I think this last series shows that, you know, The fact that the Lightning were down 0-2 had no bearing. Maybe it did have a bearing in their urgency level, but it's not like Game 3 unfolded a certain way because the series was 2-0 New York, right? That was its own game, and it was different from each of the first two that had been played in New York.
2: Unless you're really shaken up by the fact that you're down 0-2 and you let that affect how you play.
0: Yeah. Well, Phil believes that the Panthers were stunned by the Colton goal at the end of Game 2, and that did have a ripple effect not so much in Game Four because they played really well in Game Four. Hey Dave, they they weren't the only one who were three. shocked.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, know? and you know I've said in 2019 the the stunning way Columbus won Game One, I think did have an effect. I agree for Game Two for sure. But yeah, I mean I think those things linger. usually yeah yeah usually you start a new game it's fresh. <laughs> You're aware of where you are in the series and a team's urgency level may be affected by that, but these overall odds within a specific series. I'm not sure how much you can read into that.
2: Bust the Beak says, I believe that Tampa's path to the finals held the numbers one, two, and three seeds in the East. If they beat the number one in the West,
0: my goodness, that would be
2: auspicious.
0: Well, that morning skate report had in there that if the Lightning do win the series, what is it, the third team? I'm not sure, I mean, since they had the expanded conferences, so not talking about original six, but a team to beat the number one seed in both conferences. Yes. And it was the Islanders twice in their four-year cup run. They did it in 1980. It was not East-West then, in 1980. They beat Buffalo and Philadelphia in the final. And then in 1983, when it was East-West, they beat Boston, number one in the East, and Edmonton. Number one in the West, only two times it's been done. hasn't
2: happened a lot No for sure. Uh, Anthony says before we sign off tonight or this afternoon seems like people completely ignore Coochin talks and predictions before the series. He's fifth in some con Smythe lists. I'm absolutely confident he's going to catch some of Wayne's numbers. I feel the team energy level is completely renewed, like it's part of like it's the start of the playoffs
0: Well, look. We've talked about the Lightning's hunger to win three straight. They see the finish line. The season is ending in, what, two weeks and a couple of days and no longer than that? Yeah. There's a finite number of games left to be played, and if the Lightning win four the next seven, they are there. Yeah. It's not like we're looking at 16, right, at the start of the playoffs. They are close. Will that help them in some way? You'd like to think so. But Colorado's hungry too. There is always a certain energy,
2: Dave, that I'm not sure is repeated throughout the rest of this series, then in game one, those first few minutes. I just feel like there's a buzz in the air. <clears throat> it's the start of something that's going to be pretty magical. And I think we all agree that it's going to be a pretty long series. And tonight is the start of that. I think there's, a, there's something in the air today. You know, Dave, and it, I'm sure you calling the game tonight with Phil. That's always exciting as well. So I think everybody's going to embrace it. And I think a lot of the Lightning fans I know in, around my neighborhood, Dave, uh, the excitement level is so high because I think they understand, you know, the potential history and feat that's at stake here. And I think they yes. want to be part of it. And I think they're excited to, to cheer on the Lightning the whole way through. So it's going to be a lot of fun for sure tonight.
0: Let's not forget, though, Kalorn said Coop was asked this question and he. He was careful not to disrespect some of the other opponents. The Lightning have vanquished in the last 11 series, but Kalorn's quote. I mean, he flat out said this may be the the toughest opponent we've had in the three years based on what Colorado can throw at you and how well they are playing right now. I think that's fair. Yeah.
2: I think that's fair. It's a good uh, observation from him. Partner, that's going to wrap it up for us today. We had a busy show. Eric Arlinson, Darren Drager. We also were live on Twitter Spaces. We appreciate that. And again, if you're new to this and you're listening to us on Twitter Spaces, we are on the iHeart app. Weekdays, noon to one, live, noon to one. So just download that app to your smartphone. Search Lightning Power Play. We're there for you. Weekdays, noon to one. Bobby Fenton has a game recap the day after a game starting at 9 o'clock. So make sure you make this uh, part of your appointment listening, so to speak. And uh, coverage tonight will start at 7 o'clock with the pregame skate show. And it'll run all the way to the last call after the game presented by Jack Daniels. Partner, I'll talk to you and Phil. Uh, in a few hours, get some yeah. rest, enjoy uh, the altitude, and uh, Thank get an app. You. <laughs> yeah, no doubt <laughs> about it. Talk to you later. Thanks to our guests. Thanks to Steve Erskine. Thanks to you for listening. We always appreciate it. Enjoy game one tonight. Don't forget, listen to it right here. I'm Greg Linelli on Lightning Power Play.